been trying to break up here as we go through Hebrews after every, every four or five weeks, and so we're going uh, to take a little break this morning from the book of Hebrews, and next week, since we've got a Gideon speaker, and just kind of uh, refresh ourselves with some other scriptures this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. This is a fantastic scripture. Some of you may know it. If you don't know it, then praise the Lord. You're going you're gonna to hear it today. It's a good scripture. I appreciate Jennings and Macy for doing that song for us that they just did. That is my favorite song, and that was kind of the catalyst for this, this message this morning. We sung that Wednesday night, and I thought, you know what, we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. What a, what a beautiful song that is. I, I was introduced to it probably 10 years or so ago, and it was written in the 1960s. It was written in 1966 by a Catholic priest and he only wrote a, a couple of songs and that was one of the songs that he wrote and uh, isn't it an amazing thing that here in a southern baptist church all these years later we're singing a song from a catholic priest but the message is true the message is good and uh, as you notice if you've never heard the song or, or hadn't ever really paid attention to it it's beautiful the way in which it progresses first we are it is established that we are we are one with God. We are one in the Spirit. We are one with the Lord. And then what does he say? He says we will walk together. And then he says we will work together and we will praise together. And all of this is held together by one, by one theme in the chorus, and that is by our love. We do these things by our love. We are one with the Lord by love. We, we walk together by love. We work together out of love. We praise God together in love. And so it's a beautiful song. And you may have noticed this very scripture at the top of the song if you were uh, looking in your hymnal this morning. And so we're going to talk about that idea and the importance and the meaning of, of what it means for us to love one another. Let's look at the passage, then we'll pray and get started. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. This is Jesus speaking here. I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's pray. Father God, we come here today and I thank you that we have the privilege and the freedom to sit on these pews today, to hear your word. God, I thank you that you allowed us to gather and I pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be among us today, that you would hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, that I would preach and teach in a way that brings glory to you. Dear Lord, we come here today, we're searching for something. What we're searching for, dear Lord, is you. We come here to find you, to hear from you, to praise you, dear Lord. And I pray, God, that as we look at your word today, that you would help us to see your love, that it would ignite in us a love for other people, dear Lord, for one another, that we would learn this command that Jesus gives us today, that we would love just as he has loved, dear Lord. So help us, God, because that is not always easy. But I pray today, God, that your word will be good to us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What beautiful words Jesus spoke to his disciples here. This took place soon after he washed his disciples' feet. And he's speaking to his disciples and he tells them 
I give you a new command. I give you the most important command. And, and we kind of see this echoed throughout the New Testament. And that is this command to love. You may remember a story where a man came to Jesus and he asked him about the most important commandment. And what was established in that story is this. The most important commandment is to love God first, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And it's based on this command that all things are established, that all things will work out if we only would all live by these commands in our world today. By this command, to love God and to love one another. And what does Jesus say? He says, I give you a new command that you would love one another just as I have loved you. And how did Jesus love us? Jesus gave everything he had for us. He gave his very life for us. He suffered, he bled, he died. He took the pain and the punishment and all the ridicule and everybody that came against Jesus. And yet Jesus continued to be on mission for God. He continued to do his work for God. Jesus loved us, and he showed us that he loved us. I think that's probably the one, one of the most important things, if not the most important aspect of love. And that is, love is not simply an emotion that we feel, but it's something that can be seen. It's an action. Love is shown by the way that we live our life, not just the words that we say. Now, there are probably several ways you may could get somebody to listen to you. I suppose if you were to tell somebody that you would solve all their problems and tell them how to make a quick book and, and tell them all this information, people would probably listen. Hey, I want to know what this man has to say. People will listen to you with stuff like that. But, but there's a better way to get people to listen to us, and that is by showing people what love is. If people are going to listen to what we have to say, if we really want to show them about the love of God, if we really want to teach them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we really want to teach them the commands of God and what it means to live for God, then the best way for us to reach people is to reach them by our actions. People are much more likely to listen to what we have to say when they see how we live. If we want people to hear our words, we need to show them by our actions. And when we, when we show by our actions, the scripture tells us in Romans that love must be without hypocrisy. Now, we need to check ourselves in this way to make sure when we say we love that we really love. That we're not just uttering words with our mouth but not backing them up with the actions that we carry out, with our lifestyle, by the things that we do, by the way that we treat other people. It's hypocritical for us to say that we love somebody and yet treat them in an unloving way. It's hypocritical for us to say, oh, we love God and we praise God, oh, we want to serve God and we, and we tell people that one day and we share God's word with people one day and we say, oh, can I pray for you one day? And then the next day they see us living in a way that's totally contradictory to the word of God. They see us living in a way in which we're living in sin and not at all doing what we're telling them to do. Now, how are people going to reconcile that? Wait a minute. One day they're telling me all this good stuff about God and the goodness of God, but, but the next day they're living in a way that's contrary to what God's Word says. Perhaps they say, I don't want to have anything to do with that God. Even worse, perhaps they get the wrong, the wrong, the wrong idea and say, oh, if that's what it means to be a Christian, you just praise God one day and then live in sin the next day. Well, I can do that. 
And so we want to be people who love God every day of our life and show that in our walk, that we love God, that we love other people, that we are not hypocritical, that we live our life in such a way that, that, that we bring glory to God in the things that we do. And so in our life, oftentimes, perhaps the way that we live and the things that we do and the things that people see in us may be just as important or more important than the words that we say. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that everything we do, we do it to be seen. We don't, we don't do anything, hopefully, just so people will pat us on the back. That's not our desire. That's not our call. We don't, we don't do good works. We don't love people and, and act a certain way so that people can, can see us. We should never strive to be seen by the things that we do. But nevertheless, the things that we do are seen by people. The things that we do are seen by people whether we are trying to be seen or not. And so it's important to remember that, that people are always watching us. People are always seeing us. And how are we living our life? Are we living our life in a way and the, the things that people see us do? Are, 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 is it bringing glory to God? That's what the Scripture says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 16. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So people are going to see what we do. They're going to see our good works. Even sometimes when we're not trying to be seen, when we're trying to do it in secret, it's inevitable people are going to watch how you live your life. And maybe more so if you profess to be a Christian. You're going to be watched even that much closer. People are going to see everything that you do, whether it's good or whether it's bad. But Jesus calls us to live a life of love. And that should be evident in the way that we interact with other people, in the way that we live our life, in the way that we try to follow and live by the commands of God, that we do these things so that when we are seen by people, we don't say, yeah, I'm doing a pretty good job, but instead we give all the glory to God. And so we love people and we want people to see the love of God in us. We don't want anyone to see our good works. We do good works because it's what God calls us to. And, and part of those good works that he calls us to is for us to love one another. And, and the whole Christian faith is founded on this idea. It's founded on the fact that we are to love. We see this in a couple of occasions in the New Testament. One is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that, that really sums it up. Have you read the entire law? What it says here when it talks about the law, it's talking about the Old Testament. There's a bunch of laws in there. Now, we, we may be familiar with the Ten Commandments, but there are over 600 commandments in the Old Testament. There are lots of laws and what does Galatians 5.14 tell us? It sums up the whole law in one simple statement. It says the whole law is fulfilled when you love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's a pretty powerful thing right there. And we see the same thing said in Romans chapter 13 verse 8. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. What beautiful words that we see. So many times we may fall into this trap of religion and trying to do things, religious things, and going to church and, and acting in a certain way or be involved in certain things and, and our heart's not really focused on it. We may try to please God in a lot of different ways, 
But there's only one way to please God. There's only one thing that God really desires of us, and that is love. He wants us to love. He wants us to love Jesus Christ and to put our faith in Jesus Christ and to see the love of Jesus Christ in our life. And what does Jesus tell us that we just saw in Galatians chapter 5? This is quoting from Jesus' own words, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now that really sums it up. You say, well, what does it mean to love somebody? Well, how do you treat yourself? How do you want to be treated? Well, that's, that's, how, you, that's how you love somebody else. We see that. In Luke chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus says, Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Well, that's pretty simple right there. If you say, well, what should I do? How should I treat other people? You should treat them the way that you want to be treated. Now, unless, unless you're a little crazy, you probably want to be treated well. You probably want to be treated with respect. You probably want to be treated with love. You don't want to be cheated. You don't want to be lied to. You don't want to be stolen from. These are pretty, pretty normal things that I, I think we probably all would agree. Yeah, I don't want those things to be done to me. And so what does Jesus say? Well, it's simple enough. Don't do it to anybody else. If you ever have a problem with somebody and you're tempted to do something to them or say something to them, maybe you stop for a second and say, well, well I want somebody to say that to me. Would I want somebody to treat me in that way? Would I want somebody to respond like this to me? You ever go somewhere and, and somebody's doing having a bad day maybe and they, they mess your order up at the restaurant and you go back up there and you, I ordered a hamburger with no pickles and this thing's got pickles on it. You're probably back there on your smartphone. You're not paying no attention. Or maybe they just made a mistake. Maybe they clicked the no pickles button on these touch screens. You know, half the time they don't work and it didn't click. And you don't went in there and you done got all over them. Well, how do you like it when you're at work and somebody comes and gets on you and you... They leave and you say, well, I don't know what they do. I just made a mistake. Don't they understand I make a mistake? Well, if you understand that sometimes you make a mistake, then maybe next time before we go off about something that maybe isn't that big a deal, maybe we just need to say, you know what? Sometimes I'm having a bad day at work and I don't smile at the people that come up to my counter. And so maybe next time I go up to a counter and somebody doesn't smile at me, I'm not going to say, well, boy, what are you so happy about? Maybe we're just going to have a little compassion. Maybe we just need to take this one simple command of Jesus here, and it would get us a long way in this life. We'd get a lot of mileage out of this. If we would just stop for a second before we react and remember what Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Now that's one way I think that we can show that we love people. Part of love is having a little patience. Giving people a little bit of a break, having a little bit of mercy, having a little bit of grace. After all, God has given us a lot of that out of his love. And so God calls us to love. Jesus calls us to love. And that is what all the law is fulfilled by, we see in the New Testament, that we would love one another. So how do we love people? What are some ways that we can love people? Well... I think Jesus gives us some good examples. And in one passage, he knocks a lot of things out that we can, that we can, that we can uh, consider and say, okay, he says this, he says this, he says this. And in Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, verses 37 through 40, Jesus is talking about a time of judgment that's going to come. And he talks about those who do what is right, those who do the righteous work, those who 
have lived by his commands and loved like he has loved and how they have lived their life. And this is what he says in Matthew 25, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Are thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see a stranger and take you in? Are without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. We ask the question today, how do we love? Well, here are some good areas for us to start. If you say, okay, God, I really want to learn to love like you. I want to learn to love like Jesus. God, I see that there are some areas in my life where I just, maybe there's some hatred that's there. Maybe there's some anger that's there. And maybe, maybe I'm not loving people the way that I should. But God, I want to experience your love and I want to know your love. I want to see your love in your word. And God, I want to love like you. So God, help me to love like you love. Well, I believe that this passage is a good place for us to start. How do we love? Well, Jesus shares some ways that, that when we love people, Jesus says we love him. Whatever we do to people show that we are children of God, that we love God. How can we say that we love Jesus and that we would do anything for Jesus, but yet see the least of these in this world and pass them by and not ever pay them any attention? Jesus says those two things don't add up. And so for those who are in Christ, if we want to love like Christ loved, then we have to love everybody as Christ has loved us. We have to love people as Christ has loved people. We have to sometimes get out of our comfort zone. We have to leave our places of security. Here was Jesus, the Son of God, at the right hand of God, and here he came to this whole earth. He left a place that was perfect and came to this place. And sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone. And we have to go to the places where there are people that are in need. And we have to say, okay, God, I'm going to love these people. And sometimes we're not even looking for them. We just encounter them in our daily life. And how do we respond to those people who are in need? Do we show them love in the way that Jesus is talking about? Jesus says, hey, you've done all these things for me. This is, this, is, this is, as you've lived your Christian life for me, these are the things that you've done. And they said, wait a minute, we, we never did any of these things for you, Jesus. When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When were you in prison? When were you sick? When did we visit you? And Jesus says, understand that whatever you do for the least of these people that were mentioned, Jesus says, you're doing it not only for them, but you're doing it for me. And so perhaps there are people sometimes that we can offer food to, that we can offer drink to. Now, I understand that sometimes we see people on the street, and some people are, are brutally honest. Some people, you say, well, let me buy you something to eat. And they say, no, I'd rather have the money. And you say, what do you want the money for? And they say, well, I'm going to the liquor store. Some people are brutally honest. And sometimes, sometimes a few people who are brutally honest and a few people that don't do right Kind of, kind of mess it up for everybody else. And we see people on the street that are hungry or we encounter people that are hungry and we have this attitude that, well, I ain't going to help them because they need to help themselves. I ain't giving them anything. They could do better for themselves. And maybe they could. But then again, maybe that's Jesus you're passing by. Maybe the least of these that we pass by, that we come up with some reason why we can't help them, 
maybe we're missing an opportunity to serve someone that God has put in our path. You see someone thirsty and give them something to drink. Chances are that maybe for many of us, if not all of us, to be able to give somebody a little food and something to drink would really not affect us in the least. But I'll tell you what, it may change somebody else's life. Now, I've never been hungry before, praise the Lord. I can only imagine how difficult it must be to be hungry. And oh, what a blessing it would be if there was somebody that was in need. If we were to stop and we were to give them food, and we were to give them something to drink, what a blessing it would be to them and what a blessing it would be to us so long as we do it with the right heart. Jesus says, of those who are sick and of those who are in prison, he talks about visiting people here. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. There are a lot of things that we can do for people, and I'm not saying which things are best or which things are... I'm not making a list, but I'm going to tell you one that's high on my list, and I think it should be high on everybody's list, and that is to visit people. That is to check on people. There are people who are sick. There are people who are, who are shut in. There are people who are unable to get out and about. There are people who are elderly and can't do the things that they used to could do. There are people who have been shut up in nursing homes whose families don't come see them for weeks on end or months on end. And I'm going to tell you this, church, and listen at this. We need to be visiting those people. We need to be checking on those people. Because I'll tell you, there is no greater blessing that when you go see somebody and they say, it had nobody been here to see me in, in six months or ever how long it is. We need to not forget about people. We need to go out to people, especially those people who are older and those people who are sickly and those people who can't get out and those people who can't do for themselves. There is no greater blessing than to go and sit and visit with somebody. It is a blessing to be able to know that there is somebody that come to see them. And they'll tell you that. Now, we don't go for the praise, but, but we go because I feel like it's the right thing to do that God calls us to do these things, to look after the widows and the orphans and the poor and the needy. It's throughout the Word of God. And these are the ways in which we show that we love God. We carry out these things. The people who are important to God become important to us. And that's when we know that we are following the example of love that God has set before us. Galatians chapter 2 verse 10. Here's a good example of that. Peter, James, and John give, give Paul some advice here on his ministry and this is what they say in Galatians chapter 2 verse 10. They ask him, they said, that he would remember the poor to which he says he has made every effort to do. Of all the things that Peter, James, and John could have told him in his ministry and and the last thing he says there, but they told me as I go on my way to minister to the Gentiles, oh, and don't forget the poor. The poor and the needy are important to God. Those who are sick are important to God. Those who cannot get out and about and need someone to come and just love on them and share with them the love of God and let them know that they are not alone and they are not forgotten goes a long way for those that we minister to. It's a good ministry for us to get into, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not a hard one probably for us to, to decide how to do it either. You can probably take five minutes and sit down and think, who is somebody that might have fallen through the cracks that's been forgotten about that nobody goes to see? And maybe this week you can go give them a visit. Maybe this week you say, you know what? I'm going to go see old so-and-so. 
I'm going to go see how they're doing. I'm going to go see if they need anything. And oh, what a powerful act of love that is, a 15-minute visit. Now, that might not mean much to us young folks who are able to go and do what we want, but I can assure you it means a lot for somebody who is stuck at home and cannot do anything. It means a lot when we go and tell them that we love them and show them that we love them and remind them that God loves them. Here's the tough part of love right here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the tough part. Okay, we hear about love. We say, all right, I can, I can do a better job of loving and being a little more patient and compassionate to people maybe that are having a bad day and that mess up my hamburger order. I can, I can love those people. I can love some of the people around that I had not seen in a while. I can, I can go pay them a visit. I can love those people. But then what does Jesus call us to? He calls us to something that's very difficult, and that is to love our enemies. Now, it would be fantastic if Jesus just said, love those who are good to you and do you right, but that's not what Jesus says. When he says, love your neighbor, Jesus says, love everybody. That's what Jesus calls us to. And there are some times in our life that people hurt us and wrong us. And there are people who are enemies. And there are people in this world that are trying to kill brothers and sisters in Christ today. And what does Jesus tell us to do? He says to love our enemies. How can we love our enemies? Well, I think Jesus gives us a clue here. And he says, and pray for those who persecute you. Now, sometimes it's really hard when people wrong you to love them. And it takes us time. Now, praise the Lord, maybe sometime we, we get it, we pray to God, and instantly we give it to God, and, and we feel that love, and we do love people, and we, and we forgive them of their sins and don't hold that grudge. But, but a lot of times that might be hard to do if we're honest. There may be that person or a few people that are really hard for us to forgive and really hard for us to love. So, so how can we do that? Well, I believe the best way to do that is to pray for those people. That's the best way for us to begin to love people. Those people that you, that you can't bear to see, that you don't want to have anything to do with, that, that you really don't want to pray for them because they've done you so wrong, you, you don't really want to pray for them. Those are the ones that you need to pray for. And you need to say, God, I'm going to pray for this man and I'm going to pray for this woman. And God, I'm struggling with it. You know I say these words and you know my heart's still hard right now. You know it's still, it's still tough, dear Lord, but I'm going to pray for them and I pray that you soften me up. I pray that you change me. I pray that you change them. And the more that we really begin to pray and the more that we really begin to seek God, I believe the more that God can begin to work in our heart. The more that we begin to pray for those people, the more we begin to care about those people. And pretty soon, the enemies that we have prayed for may very well even become our friends. After all, doesn't the Scripture say that while we were still enemies of God, that Jesus Christ died for us? And oh, thank the Lord for Jesus Christ, the friend of sinners. Isn't it a beautiful thing that Jesus shows us how to love? He shows us how to give his all, even for people who are undeserving. Praise God, that's you and me today. Now, you might have a list of people that you don't like, that you're mad at, that you don't love, that you don't want to forgive. And you may say to me today, oh, they're not worthy of being forgiven. Well, they may not be. But you and I are not worthy of being forgiven either. 
But Jesus Christ offers forgiveness for us through his death on the cross. And do you know why he does that? Because he loves us. Now, if we fully grasp and understand and appreciate the love of God, then that is what motivates us to love other people. That's what motivates us when we say, ah, oh, that person did me so wrong, I just don't know if I can ever forgive them. And then we remember, but Jesus forgave me. I don't know if I can put up with all their stuff. I don't know. But then we remember, but what did Jesus put up with on our behalf? And so once we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I won't say that it's always easy to forgive those who have wronged you, but you have strength that comes from another source. You have strength of hope and grace and mercy and peace that you've experienced in Jesus Christ. And that is where your strength comes from. And praise the Lord that God is our strength because, oh, are we weak. Oh, are there days that we are weak? Probably every day we are weak to some extent, and some days we are weaker than others. And we, and we come to a church service like we do today. Why? Because we know the goodness of God, or, or maybe you're just trying to understand God and figure God out and learn a little more about Him. Well, I want to tell you today that God loves you, and He is your source of strength, and we come here to be strengthened and to hear the Word of God and to read about Jesus Christ and to rejoice in His sacrifice and praise the Lord that God helps the weak because he loves us today. Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says this. It is necessary to help the weak and to keep in mind the words of the Lord Jesus. For he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What a beautiful word there that Paul wrote. He says it is necessary to help the weak. Well, that's you and I today. That's you and I today. We are those who are weak. We are those who are struggling. We are those that, that life is tough and life is hard. But we come here today because this is where we find strength. We find strength in the love of God. And what does it say at the end of that verse? That it's more blessed to give than to receive. It says, Jesus said that it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's love. Jesus gives to us. He gives us forgiveness of sins because he has given his life for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we come to a church service like this and we come to praise God. We come to read God's word. We come to grow in God. And sometimes we need to come and be strengthened by the love of God. For when I am weak, I am strong, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And so perhaps there are some of you today and you come here in your weakness and your struggle and your pain and you're not sure if you can make it another day you're not sure how you can keep going. It seems like everything is falling apart. It feels like you're, you're too weak to go on. Let us rejoice in the words of Paul here. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. How can that be so? 
How can it be that when we are weak, we are strong? I'll tell you how it can be so. It can be so because when we are weak, we begin to seek God. I hope you begin to seek God today if you're not already. If you come here today and you're in some struggle and you're just weak from life, I hope today that you would come and seek God because that is where our strength comes from. That's why Paul could write those words. And that's how he could write, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because it's in his weakness that he begins to seek God. And it's when he begins to seek God that he finds the love of God and the grace of God and the strength of God. And so Jesus calls us to follow a new command, the same as his disciples did, that we would love one another. And that's how the world will know that we are Christians. By our love for one another. By our love for those that stretches outside of these walls. And the question we must answer today is, am I loving the way that God wants me to love? Am I finding strength in the love of God today? And if I've found strength in the love of God today, am I showing that love to those I encounter in this world? Now, we want to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Let's tell them the word of God. How will they know if they don't hear? And how will they hear if they're not preached to? We want to tell people the word of God. But perhaps the greatest testimony that you have, the greatest witness that you have every day is how you live your life and whether or not you live your life consistently. Because if you want people to listen to you when you tell them about God, then they need to first see that there's something different in your life. That you're a man or a woman that lives for God consistently, day in and day out and week in and week out. Let us be those who know the love of God, who live out the love of God and find strength in the love of God today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your good word. And dear Lord, we thank you for loving us. God, we are not worthy. Maybe there are some that are struggling this morning with that very truth. They may sit on these pews today and they may say, well, I know that God's word's true. I believe he's good, but, but I've just done too much wrong. Dear Lord, I don't know anybody's heart. I don't know what anybody's done. But dear Lord, you know where they are and what they've done. And God, I want them to know today that you love them. I want them to know today, dear Lord, that when Jesus died on the cross, it was enough to Forgive them of their sins. So God, I pray for any today that, that may be struggling. Maybe they're weak today. Maybe they're looking for strength. I pray, God, that they would find that strength in Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected today. Dear Lord, maybe there are some here today and they're yours. And maybe, just maybe, there, there's some hypocrisy in our life. Perhaps we are loving with hypocrisy, God. But your word calls us to love without hypocrisy. So let us examine our life and our walk, dear Lord, that we would make sure that we are consistent, that when we speak of you, dear Lord, and praise your name, that we also live for you. So that what people see in our life, dear Lord, not for our praise, but for your glory, but what they see, dear Lord, will let your light shine in their life. God, I pray that you would help us in this church to love one another. Dear Lord, it begins here in the house of God. God, that we would be one in you, dear Lord. That there would be no division among us. God, that we would be those who walk together, 
God, how can we love others outside of these walls if we don't love each other inside of them? So let us walk together, dear Lord. Let us work together. And God, today, let us praise you together. God, as the song said, they all know we are Christians by our love. Dear Lord, let that be true of us. Let it be true of us today that as we walk according to your word, that people will see your love in us, that your love will be shown by the way that we treat people, by the things that we do for people, dear Lord, so that in everything that is done, when people look to us, we will always say, glory to God. We can always say, there's goodness in me and there's love in me because it comes from God. Let me tell you about that love. God, let us live our life in such a way that people would give us their ear, that they would see how we live and that they would listen to what we speak about your word. God, maybe there's one today that's never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If that's the case, if they've repented and realized today that they're wrong, that they would put their faith in Jesus, that they would come forward and share that with us, dear Lord, that we can celebrate with them. God, if there's some that you're speaking to today, I pray that you would just continue to wrestle with them as hopefully they will wrestle with you and come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.